Hello everyone, my name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today our guest is Daniel, the CEO and co-founder at FullView. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Christian? Thanks a lot for having me on the podcast. Fantastic. Thank you for joining. Firstly, please tell us what is FullView. Yeah, sure. So FullView is a startup uh, based in Europe, uh, kind of scattered remote team. What we do is we help SaaS companies understand and fix their customer support issues, uh, as well as some of their UX related problems in their product team. Um, and we do that by basically helping support agents and product managers uh, understand what is going on under customer's UI. Uh, when, especially when they reach out, for example, through like a um, customer support chat or open support uh, tickets, it can be very problematic to actually understand what did the customer just do before reaching out to me. Uh, and we help you see and get insights into what has happened through, for example, features like session replays, essentially recordings of what customers do in your product. And we couple that together with a really powerful thing called co-browsing, which essentially lets you jump in in real time into a customer session, click around on their screen and guide them through a problem they're having as if you're sitting right next to the customer in real time. That's awesome. And are you the first solution to implement this uh, solution, the co-browsing technique? Yeah, I mean, we're one of the only ones that are like consolidating things like co-browsing and session replays together. Both of those have existed uh, in various forms for various different types of use cases in the marketplace uh, for some time. But uh, we're one of the first ones to consolidate these together for specifically customer support teams and also a growing audience of product teams that tend to collaborate very closely with customer support teams, typically in a setup that's called customer experience. It's kind of like a new term for the bridge kind of between customer support and product teams. And that's exactly. kind of where we live. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I love to, to hear from your perspective, the most common issues with the customer experience, the, the, the issues that SaaS companies face. Sure, we would be more than happy to. So, Basically, the most common issues that we see that customer support teams they face and SaaS companies in general they face, um, it's really hard to gain context around customers' issues. It's hard to see your own product through your customers' eyes, mm. um, and we do exactly that. So it's hard to like pretend like or get like that same kind of uh, in-person type of experience when you sit right next to someone and you observe them in the wild using your product. You see where they get lost. You see where they have friction points. Uh, and you can handhold them and guide them through issues that they're having. That's like a common problem, especially for SaaS solutions that tend to have um, a little bit more complexity to them. That could be like ERP type of systems, Salesforce type of solutions, uh, especially those types of um, products. They really need often lots of handholding for users. Yeah, makes total sense. And with the full view, you get the full view of the the, the customer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, I love to hear your uh, most loved features. Yeah, so I mean, uh, the co-browsing has really picked up quite nicely and been really like an interesting uh, solution, especially when you compare it to legacy screen control solutions. Like uh, most people probably think of TeamViewer of, uh, or, or similar to TeamViewer. Uh, which is, you know, probably the best known screen control solution out there that has existed for, I think, uh, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. Uh, but basically what happens with solutions like that, you have to download desktop client. If your customer doesn't have it already, which most don't, you have to download it. IT 
laws can sometimes prevent people from downloading things onto their work computers. It becomes a whole like you know ten step process just to start this, the screen control solution um, versus like a one click integrated um, screen control solution that runs in the browser and inside your own product. So that's definitely been like a killer feature for us. Uh, meanwhile, session replays has also been really interesting uh, to get that kind of context around what the customer is actually complaining about. Mm-hmm. And I guess you have to ask the customers before. Uh, and they will know that their video will be recorded when they log into the software or something, right? So we built FullView in a very privacy-friendly way, and we're a European company at heart. We're based located in, uh, here in Copenhagen. So basically, GDPR is also very important for us. So it's important that definitely sometimes people need to uh, state this in their privacy policies uh, and whatnot. Um, but the way that FullView is actually built, it's built to automatically redact any sensitive uh, private information on, on your customer screen. So we do that um, yeah, through different forms. Like uh, we do it you know, through regex, and we also do it through like redact uh, mechanisms in the code, which are uh, way more solid than just a regex uh, redaction. That's great. And now I'd love to hear your uh, favorite customer success story. Favorite customer success story? Actually, so we recently we had a we have a variety of different customers using our product everywhere from startups to much larger companies mm-hmm. um, that use our product. Uh, and basically, some of the most interesting stories we hear is when people can actually find uh, clear experience problems in their customer experience problems in their problem sorry in their product using, for example, session replay. So we had uh, a payment solution. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say their specific name actually uh, in in a format like this, but uh, I'll try to get their permission. But anyways, like uh, it's a fintech app for like basically uh, pay, it's a payment solution, payroll related, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they found that someone was struggling to withdraw money into their uh, bank account, uh, which is obviously a really time sensitive and urgent matter. So they found that issue using FullView, was able to co-balance with the customer and guide them through it. And then also pass that issue on to their product teams to fix that user experience problem so it doesn't keep happening over and over again. So that was a perfect, basically, like embodiment of being like a bridge between customer support and product teams. Yeah, exactly. You have a fantastic product. I love it. <laughs> do, you have, uh, it. do you have any integrations? Yeah, for sure. I mean, integrations are, are vital to any SaaS product, and especially in the world of customer support. Uh, obviously, Intercom, Zendesk, Salesforce, Service Cloud, those are like really important to integrate with. So, uh, yeah, we integrate with all of those uh, solutions. Uh, we're also looking at building integrations with Jira, mm-hmm. uh, maybe also Product Board. That one we're like trying to investigate a little bit further, but we're constantly launching new integrations to make it more powerful. And what is the pricing for uh, FullView? How does it work? The pricing is twofold. It's kind of a hybrid. On the co-browsing, it's very straightforward. It's uh, we charge forty-nine euros uh, on our monthly plan per uh, support agent per month, and that's unlimited uh, number of co-browsing calls. On the session replays, it's a, a usage-based pricing model, so it depends on the number of uh, sessions you want to record. Um, it starts at uh, only eighty-nine euros per uh, per month for up to ten thousand. Uh, recordings per month, and then you can scale up from uh, from there if you need to. I understand. And, and now I love to hear uh, how you uh, manage to differentiate in such a competitive market because mm-hmm. c- customer experience is uh, very crowded, and uh, you build something unique. What's your uh, What's your perspective on that? How did you manage to to do it? 
It, it's a great question. Uh, it can be a crowded market and customer experience, um, especially in the level one support, which is, you know, your chat, your ticketing. Uh, the market is very crowded with chat systems, especially uh, nowadays. Everyone is also talking about chatbots, like AI chatbots, yes. right? And that's, I think that's awesome. I'm really excited about that uh, <laughs> progress as, as well. We focus on the level two and level three of customer support, which is more like uh, complex cases where you often need like human intervention. That's after the chatbot has basically uh, filtered out all of your very repetitive questions. Uh, and, you know, you get down to the more like uh, tough questions around like actually how do I do something specific to my account or something like that. That's not a repetitive thing. That's where Fullview comes in. And we try to uh, speed that process up even further. Um, and then, of course, like consolidating different things like co-browsing and session replays. To- so there are multiple levels in customer support, yes. right? So level one, level two, level yeah, three. Yeah, that's important to distinguish uh, customer support. Like level one is typically like, hey, I lost my password or some questions similar to that. Uh, to be honest, I think, um, you know, with the launch of uh, ChatGPT and GPT-4, like those things, like Intercom launched something called Finn. That's like their GPT-based uh chatbot essentially it's really good at answering those types of level mm-hmm. one questions and i definitely think that we'll see further adoption of that uh, type of automation for level one uh so we deal with everything after your chatbot has basically answered your repetitive questions and someone has a specific question about their account or ux related or bugs in their product okay and when did you start the company we started the company just under two years ago so we're still at the seed stage. Mm-hmm. And how did you come up with the idea? Why did you want to choose this, uh, to solve this yeah, problem? Yeah, the idea was a personal pain that uh, me and my co-founder had felt. We had dealt with, uh, you know, we worked in different SaaS companies. We built different SaaS products before. And we basically felt the pain of trying to understand your customers' problems, uh, both when they reach out to you, but also proactively when you launch new features and want to optimize the user experience, uh, that's twofold. Uh, so we decided to, hey, let's build a, a product around understanding user problems, uh, both inside of your chat and also proactively uh, in your product team. And then let's find a way to actually guide those customers when they really get stuck. Awesome, awesome. And how big is your team right now? Our team is uh, about to be 15 people. So it's a pretty lean machine. Have you... <laughs> that, that's fantastic. And have you raised yes, any funding? We've raised uh, somewhere around eight to nine million euros. I forget the exact number um, across two funding rounds, uh, pretty much like one uh, back-to-back funding rounds, uh, pre-seed and seed uh, about uh, yeah, a year or so ago from uh, led by Lightspeed mm-hmm. Venture Partners and, uh, in the US and Cherry and seed camp here in Europe. Okay, thank you for sharing. And how confident you are that you found the product market fit? It's still early days for us, uh, but we have some very strong, uh, very, very strong signals towards that. But um, who is to define what product market fit really means? There's different definitions of it, uh, but it's definitely something that I think we're starting to trend towards, but we're still very much at the, at the seed stage. Okay. How did you get your first customers for full view? So first customers, it was actually kind of through like word of mouth. So through our personal networks, uh, we were able to uh, to land the first like one or two customers. Uh, and then 
we're able to basically uh, scale through like organic content marketing. So through like SEO, LinkedIn content, things like that, um, coupled together with some outbound as well. So content marketing was your mm-hmm. uh, best growth yeah, strategy. Yeah, that works quite well. Content marketing and SEO. We haven't really uh, got. We haven't really mm-hmm. done much paid marketing yet, but maybe it's something we'll explore. I appreciate the the transparency. What what has been your biggest challenge since starting the company? Biggest challenge. I mean, so the nature of our product means that there's a huge amount of data that you need to ingest and process, and that's definitely been a technical challenge. Um, it means that we have you know millions, uh, tens of millions of events that are being processed, um, and you need to do it very fast because people often need to watch uh, like a live user session. If there's like a someone reports an issue through intercom chat, and you want to watch what is going on on the customer screen right now, we need to process uh, that uh, user those user events and make them available to people almost in real time. So that's definitely some challenges around technology also, and scalability yeah. that we had to overcome. I understand. Are you also a technical person? I'm not a technical person. I'm basically leading like product experience and also, of course, sales and many other hats as an early stage uh, CEO, marketing. Some days I'm also an accountant at the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. And w- what did you say was your biggest mistake that you did? That's that's a, always a really hard question. Uh, sometimes that only becomes clear in hindsight, to be honest with you. But, but uh, I think maybe like there's uh, some mistakes around tech stack that we should have picked better in the early days um, before we knew that we were going to hit some of these like uh, technical scalability challenges. We've since overcome those challenges and actually switched out many parts of our uh, tech stack and refactored some things which I think is pretty normal to refactor certain uh, parts of your product in the in the early days especially. But if I wish I had known about, let me put it this way, I wish I had known that ClickHouse existed uh, two years ago. Uh, it's like a phenomenal database for uh, speed especially. And now uh, for the future of the company, what is your vision? Where do you want to, to, to go with uh, FullView? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. So... I want FullView to become like the de facto product for understanding and fixing uh, user experience related problems. And when I say user experience, that lives within both your product team and your customer support team. Traditionally, it's been owned by your product managers, your product designers within the product organization. That's no longer true because customer experience is basically like a field that is growing very fast and people are realizing that uh, customer support people are kind of like the front line of your product experience. Uh, Hence, it makes so much sense to have an easy way for your customer support people to understand what's going on in your product and pass on UX frustration points and bugs and so forth over to your product team without anything getting lost in translation. And we do that with one shareable link. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I'm rooting for you. Hope hope to uh, achieve the vision. It. And now more on the personal side, I love to hear how you started your career. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah, so I started very, very at a very young age. Like I worked uh, in my first startup when I was 19. Um, I basically skipped lots of classes uh, and almost kind of dropped out of university to work uh, in, a, in my first startup. 
Uh, I lived in the U.S. at the time. I had I'm uh, I'm born in Copenhagen, but I was studying out there and in California, and I was basically uh, helping build like a startup uh, in actually the consumer space, completely different from what I'm doing now around like gift cards, like a gift card app. I don't think it was like, looking looking back at <laughs> okay. it. I don't think it was the best idea, but I did, we didn't know that at the time, and the, the company didn't work <laughs> out. But it was an incredible learning experience. Uh, so that kind of turned me on to startups. Um, and then um, I was also very interested in finance at the time. So at a, as a super young person at the time, obviously trying to figure out the path for me, I thought maybe uh, mixing together the world of finance and entrepreneurship, venture capital, that industry would have been an interesting career choice for me. I don't think that's the case anymore at all. I'm a, I realize now I'm a, I'm a builder at heart, but uh, that was like something I spent maybe a <laughs> short amount of time, two years or so working uh, in VC and then. I uh, realized, hey, I need to uh, I need to get my hands dirty again and not be a builder. So I eventually made it over to the founder side. Okay, and then you started Fullview right after the well, VCs. I had some some I had, no, had, I had other some companies stints, uh, in operational roles and go to market roles at different SaaS companies before that, and then and then I started Fullview. Was it easier for you to raise, having experience in uh, in VC in yeah. the past? I think it helped a lot. Definitely, it helped because like I already knew who to go to, and they knew me, and then it was, yeah, we didn't have to spend a lot of time getting to know each other. So that that definitely helped a lot. So the the connection was the most important uh, part. Yeah, I think that was a that was an important part of it, and then also just knowing like how to go about a fundraise. There's so many mistakes you can make, and it's easy to mess up your cap table cap table in the early days. Uh, so. Of course, those are not things that are important day to day after it's done. But once you've actually, once you're doing it in the moment, it's important because it could mess things up and change uh, the incentives for you in the long term. Um, so in that moment of the fundraise, it was definitely very helpful to have that experience. Are there some uh, learnings that you can share that you got from uh, working in the VC space? That can help other funders. Yeah, I think like people who have in, uh, some level of investor experience. It's not like I had many years of it at all, but like at least some, and that definitely helped me. Like, you know, understanding markets in a fast way, like looking at products and trying to like analyze and understand uh, directions of markets, because that's kind of what investors do when they're looking at deals, trying to like digest where a market is going, form some thesis around different markets. So that definitely can help you as a entrepreneur. Uh, but honestly, day to day, like it's not something you can, it's not a skill set that I think is like directly translatable because it's very different when you're actually doing the work. Yeah. I understand. Thank sure. you for sharing. And what would be your best piece of advice for a starting founder? Best piece of advice, I would say like build a strong technical foundation before you try to add a lot of users uh, try to make sure that because otherwise you'll just have to go back and like fix a lot of things later like we had to do some of that thankfully like we have a really strong team that could do that without too much interruption to the business uh, but obviously if we could avoid some of those things and maybe like build like something like for us specifically it was like just picking the right technology for our specific uh, use case uh spending if you maybe if you just spend like a an extra month or two like i know you have to move fast obviously but spend an extra month or two just figuring out tech stack build some poc prototypes around that and then make sure your tech stack is like really solid and you build a solid technical foundation and then go from there even if it slows you down in, in the in your first year it'll help you speed up uh in the following years 
Absolutely. Probably this is the biggest lesson from today's podcast. So thank you so much. I have uh, one last question. What's your favorite SaaS product apart from uh, FullView? Oh, that's hard. I, there's a product called uh, <laughs> Snitcher that I use a lot. I think it's a really cool product. It's like a marketing tool, actually. It's totally different from you know what, what type of tool I'm building, but it's like it helps you see which companies are on your website. It's also like Clearbit does something similar to that, but like Snitcher is more of like a affordable mm-hmm. solution for startups and uh it helps you see who's visiting your website and then uh, helps you to kind of like target them in terms of like uh uh re yeah outbound and retargeting so that's a cool product awesome is there anything else that you want to mention on today's podcast no nothing specific check out full view if you uh work uh, in SaaS. if you work either with product teams or customer support teams check out fullview.io Thank you so much for joining. You did great and uh, I wish you all the best. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christian.